Hello, Rochelle Thomas. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Just waiting on um, some stuff to be delivered to me in a few minutes. So I'll be happy when that arrives. I got to have me a nice little drink. I bet. What yeah. you going to be drinking? Huh? What do you drink? Right now, so I've been most mostly on the wine kick for the last few months. Um, nothing heavier than that. Just uh, wine. So like Pinot Noir, Cabernet. Um, it's a good Cabernet called Bread and Butter that one of my friends put me on too. Salute to Mike. Okay. Um, that's a good one. So I drink that. Um, so like you a red wine drinker? Oh yeah, I'll drink. I'll drink a white, uh, white wine. I got some white wine coming to uh, Pinot Grigio. So I'll drink those, but I do not drink anything sweet. I don't. I don't do unless I'm drinking a dessert wine and it's paired with food. Like on snobby shit, you know. Look at you knowing about dessert wine. <laughs> you know, my favorite um, dessert wine is called Gewürztraminer Minor or Minor, whichever one. It's a. What are you talking about? Yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, somebody, some dude put me on to it years ago. I was in Philly. And we went to some bougie restaurant, like you said, and he asked me, did I know about dessert wine? And I did not. And because I like to experience life, I've been hooked ever since. But that's the only sweet wine I'll drink. I'm like you. I like um, cab and stuff like that. I don't, I can't. Um, when I was younger, when I first started drinking, you know, we would do the um, Amaretta Sours and stuff. But, you know, now I'm a little seasoned, you know. Yeah, yeah, you take older. My yeah, palate change. Yeah, your taste buds advance. Your palate changes, and you yeah. want the savory taste and flavor. So I like to be able to taste my vanilla and my blueberries and my cherries when I'm sitting around with certain people and we're doing that, that type of thing. Uh, it was also a part of uh, the criteria of my job at one one point in time. So I did enjoy that part of it. Um, and then from there, you just go out to different places all over the city, you travel. You go to eat and drink and. It went from wine tastings to scotch tastings, um, whiskey tastings, things like that. So um, I'm a fan of those. I, of course, we can't do those now. Me and Big Bro would mostly go check out like uh, the scotch tastings. And I would take one of my homegirls or two and we would go to like a wine tasting. But right now it's just staying at home, trying to stay out of the way. You know, I'm an introvert anyway, so I'm, it's just perfect for me. Yeah. yeah, I consider myself a mix of both. They call it ambivert, whatever. 50, yes. 50. So I'm an introvert. I do not have any problem being by myself. Um, I actually charge up that way. I can think clearly and I can, you know, get my next set of directions that way. And then I, you know, I go out in the world and then I get draining and I have to come back to my solitude. So, yeah. I'm the same way. I'm the same, but I'm mostly an uh, introvert. Uh, I just like being at home. Like I, I set my place up to be comfortable. Uh, anyone has who has come over here knows that. Like you feel the comfort and the warmth when you're here. So um, yeah. I'm just big on that. I'm big, I'm big on my peace after living a life and being around and doing a lot of stuff. You know, you just you just want to be able to come home and be out the way of people. You know. Yeah, it's your sanctuary. Yep. Yeah, it, it is. It really is my sanctuary. Um, and when, since you said that, I need to get back to meditating because I haven't done it in maybe weeks, maybe mm -hmm. months. So um, I really need to get back to that. So that when do you meditate? Do you meditate like? Do you usually do it like at night or in the morning? Is there a set time? You just do it like on on. So it'll be. It, it used to be once or twice a week. Um, where I would come home after work to 
to focus on that and then like uh, relax after doing my meditation. So twice during the week and then I would do it on Saturday or Sunday during like the afternoon. Cause I felt I could feel I got I got the most energy out of it uh, during the afternoon because I because I'm mostly off on Saturdays and Sundays, mm-hmm. so I would mostly feel the the best energy when I would do it during the afternoon, like around two or three o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. Yeah, and it would re- I would really feel I would really feel a lot better. I could feel things being put in perspective for me and, and things going the way I I needed them to go, you know. Um, and that was also the first form of prayer for for those who don't know, you know. Mm-hmm. I know maybe now people bow down or they sit and they talk to God or whoever it is, but that was like the first form of prayer. So I need to get back uh, into that. I just been, a, been distracted lately with this whole situation. Um, yeah. Just a lot going on, you know, just doing human being stuff. I guess they call it adulting now. So Yeah, adulting. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, around three or four, I that's my nap time. I learned that as I get older, um, I also recharge by taking like a 30 hour nap because it just be so much going on with work and outside of work that I need to shut my brain off, you know, and so taking a nap sometimes does that for me. But also I agree with you with like, you know, prayer and everything like, especially now we like we have to have prayer, like to center ourselves and, and, and you know, maintain that peace. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, some people can't even grasp because they they lack prayer or relationship. So, yeah, yeah and, and I definitely agree, agree with that. I think there are a lot of people who can't who don't who don't have peace and can't find it because they don't know how to relax or they don't know how to pray or meditate. Um, in certain cases, I feel like another form of it would just be working out, like going to the gym and letting all that those toxins out the body and all those negative feelings that you may have, you know, or going for a jog may actually put you in a better state, but you know, to each his own, I don't knock anybody for uh, sitting around and having a drink because I like to have a drink as well. But I think there needs to be another form of um, connecting and disconnecting with the, with the world and then with the universe, connecting with the universe, but disconnecting from the world. Uh, it used to be a point where I would, uh, I would turn off everything. I would turn off everything. Anything that would like send out a signal, like the Wi-Fi, I would turn all that off. And I would mm-hmm. just breathe and, and breathe and focus on my breathing. And then eight, 10 minutes later, I would wake up and and I would, I was like, I didn't even know 10 minutes been gone. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah. I think it's a great, it's, it's a great thing to be able to do. Oh, that's deep. I didn't know. See, you, you better than me. I don't turn off my Wi-Fi, but that's something to think about. Turn off, um, turn off all that. I turn, I unplug the TV. Um, I turn off the Wi-Fi connection. Um, my lamp, any, any of that stuff. I just turn all that off. You just shut the world out. That's yeah. what's up. But yeah. yeah. Um, and then if I, if I feel the need to, sometimes I may pay like play like the uh, meditation music. But mm-hmm. yeah, so. are you hip to lo-fi? It's I don't know if it's meditation. Okay, yeah. So lo-fi is like more so on some chill stuff like. Uh, that's my elevation vibe. So that's another conversation. So oh, okay. yeah, All right. I have that plan if I'm doing that or if I'm like chopping up these videos, anything when I'm doing something creative that may be planned, um, yeah. I'll use lo-fi and then like, I'll use like uh, that old school R&B if I'm doing like cooking or something like that. Oh, you cook? A little bit. 
That's what's up. Well, I guess you have to cook at this age, okay? We can't have McDonald's no more. It don't work. Um, so that's the thing. I'm not a big McDonald's eater. Um, uh-oh. Hold on. I'm going to have to pause it because I think my food is here. All right, cool. Let's just start over. Yeah, we're going to start over from right here. State your name, gangster. I'm Chrishell Monet, and I am Otha's friend. <laughs> 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 no, let's start over. Let's start over. No, <laughs> gonna do it raw. <laughs> right. Oh, shit. So, what's your name? I'm Chriselle Monet. Word. Where'd you grow up, Chriselle? On the south side of Chicago, southeast side to be exact. Okay. All right. Um, what high school did you go to? The same one you went to, Chicago Vocational Career Academy, but it was Chicago Vocational High School when we were there. I went to the V, goddammit, just so everybody <laughs> I went to the V. Um, that's the high school I went to. So. It is affectionately known as the V. CBCA doesn't exist to us, because when we graduated, that's when they was implementing the new acronym, and we wasn't going. I think people still consider it just the V. Yeah, I think, uh, I, think I was talking to Harley about this one time, and I think they did go back to calling it uh cvs but i'm not sure because i haven't been up there yes yeah, probably still cbca i'm almost sure about that you know i volunteered for years there um as a dance coach because you know i used to be uh one of the band dance dancing down so yeah when i was there i don't even remember a few years ago um it was cbca i highly doubt that they changed it back okay okay i thought it was i thought it got changed back to the cvs but maybe not that's fine. Yeah. I know there was talks about it, but I'm not sure if it actually happened, but yeah. All right. So tell me what you got, what you, what are you working on uh, lately? Currently? What am I working on currently? Well, um, I have finished this book. Um, it's called The Art of Being Ignored. Um, it will be available um, December 1st. And the book title is called The Art of Being Ignored, Diaries of a Corporate Creative. And it's basically a novel that shares, so it's fiction, but it shares um, my experiences throughout characters that are created in the book based on the Black experience of a creative person working in corporate America. They can't get ahead and can't evolve in their career. Mm. So it's it's quite interesting. It's an easy read. It's only 123 pages. And um, I'm excited to, um, my hope is to inspire people to be okay with having a plan B while they're working their plan A. Because, you know, as we talked before, we're all, you know, expendable. Unfortunately, at these jobs, if you don't own it, it's not yours. You're just a supervisor. You're a glorified supervisor or an assistant. And so at any given time, they can come to you with a box. And so it's important in the book, I, I encourage people and through the characters to um, always have a plan working, you know, on the side to be able to fund your dream, use your job as a vehicle to fund your dream, but also, you know, make sure that whatever you're doing is going to be, you know, um, purpose-driven so that it's sustainable and that it lasts, so. 
Tell me the uh, the driving force behind writing that writing writing this book. So I've been in corporate America, meaning I've worked a corporate job, traditional job, in a corporate office for over fifteen years. Um, I've been at different companies, but I've still been in the same setting, right? So you know how they say, you know, same stuff, different toilet. Basically, that's what it was. And so I have experienced as a black woman, so many um, microaggressions, disparages, like just all type of experiences that I know I'm not the only one that has experienced this. And so um, actually God put it on my heart. I was sitting in the room with um, the last job I was at, not the one I'm at right now, but the one I was in a year and a half ago. Um, I used to work for millionaire and billionaire women. It was pretty much like a sorority, um, but it was millionaire and billionaire women. You could not get in there unless you had, unless you handled a certain amount of PNL, which was actually more than a million. So anyway, we're sitting in this conference and we were at a uh, dinner and the icebreaker from one of the ladies was, if you could write a book about your life, what would it be? And so Everyone is going around and I was the last one, thankfully, because I had no idea, you know, what I was going to say. And so, um, yeah, I heard the Holy, I heard God whisper to me, you know, the art of being ignored. And I was like, okay. So at the time I didn't know what the book was going to be about, but that's what I said. And I gave some generic um, example, you know, like something about me growing up and, you know, me being the youngest out of three kids and I was ignored or something like that. But anyway, the point is, when I get ideas like that, which I get several ideas um, from God, I will put them in my phone and then I'll just, you know, the note section of my phone and I'll just go about my day. So I kept hearing it like later in the, you know, a few months later. And so I was like, okay, what is this about? And so he whispered to me, yeah, it's about your experiences, you being ignored, you being overworked, you being underpaid, you being overlooked for job promotions you need to tell your experience and so I know I'm not the only one I have friends you're my friend you know we've been friends for years I know you to some degree have experienced this I know a lot of my family members I hear them come home complaining about whatever going on at work you know I, I know that I'm not alone and so it's not just telling the story of that, but it's also speaking to the reality of the fact that we need to be aware as people to be cognizant that your job, just you know, going to work to pay bills is not all there is. You need to have a plan in place so that you have several streams of income, whether it's investing in stocks, investing in businesses, investing in people, whether it's, you know, I don't know if you if, if school is your thing, if you want to, you know, get a PhD or whatever you, you know, because some some um, professions require for you to spend, you know, half your life in school, like doctors and stuff like that, which is, you know, I get it. But in other instances where, you know, um, you're pretty much just working and paying bills, I think that we need to change that mindset of, Let's not just work to pay bills and you know hustle for a weekend. Let's work, pay bills, and, and strategically use our disposable income with intention so that we are putting it in the right places so that it can work for us and so that we can shine in the process. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's a dope, 
that's a dope book. I can't wait to uh, get my own copy and read it because I'm quite sure it's insightful and there are some confirmations and affirmations and reassurances in this book as well. As well. Have you ever read a book called Warrior of the Light? Warrior of the Light, no. Who uh, wrote it? Paolo Coelho. Paolo. I hope I, I, hope I didn't say his name wrong, but I probably did because I think it's Brazilian, but uh, it's a good book. It's just a book of affirmation and confirmations. Warrior of Light. Okay. Yes, I'll send it to you. I have it uh, in my phone. Okay, I was going to write it down, but okay. Send I, it got it. You. I got you, PM. I got you. So often when you're at work, at least when you were coming up, um, making your way through the ranks, did you ever feel like you, when you went for certain opportunities and you pursued them and you did all the work and you stayed overtime and you did that? Did you ever feel like you were overlooked when, when someone else got the, when they got the uh, uh, position or the promotion that you was looking to get? Yeah, absolutely, bro. Like all the time. In my book, I talk about it, like several different situations. Um, mm -hmm. But um, one that sticks out particularly is that, you know, you know the company more than somebody that's just coming in under a year knows the company. And so when they, they meaning your supervisors or whoever you report to directly, ask you to train someone new on their job and then they get promoted in six months to a year and you see a lot of that happening and you, you know, may not look like them. It's like, okay, wait, so what is it? Because they come with the, oh, well, you need a degree. Okay, I got that. So what's next? Oh, well, you need experience. Well, I've been here eight years. So, and they got promoted in six months or a year. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they haven't done any cartwheels or jumping jacks to make the company elevate in six months to a year, you yeah. know, as a business owner, because I've had, um, you know, I've had a jewelry business uh, for women, a costume jewelry business, and I've done other things on the side, like event planning and so forth. And so plug I your know. Real quick. Plug your business real quick. Oh, my um, jewelry business is goldrushboutique.com. Uh, it's a um, fashion jewelry um, business. It's a fashion jewelry website for women that love fashion and like to switch it up and be versatile with their looks with just putting on accessories. Um but yeah, so as a business owner, anybody that knows um, about anything about business, you do not get a, a return on your investment until about eh, two and a half to three years after you really, really dig hard. And that's when you really like hitting the pavement, you know, some people don't see a, a ROI until five to 10. It just depends on how your business is scaled. But um, my point is, Someone that has a degree, which is the first requirement in a lot of cases for promotions in corporate America in a corporate office setting and paired with experience, because, you know, when you get out of college, a lot of reasons why you don't get jobs is because they say what you don't have enough experience. So if I have a degree and I have experience over five to, you know, with, within the five to 10 year marker, then how is it that somebody that has the same education or less or no education, you know, like not the same level of education that comes in under a year gets promoted. And it's, and it's a consistent needle that's being moved amongst people that don't necessarily look like me. And so 
Yeah, absolutely. I've seen that. And it, and it boils my blood because, you know, you want to quit. You want to be like, peace, I'm out. I see what's going on. You know, you want to be upset and you want to react on emotion. But as you adult, as you become an adult, you have adult bills and you cannot just act on emotion. You got to pay those bills. So you have to suck it up and you got to deal with it. And so because I've been in several different corporate offices and I've seen different scenarios, that's what really, you know, um, motivated me to get this story out. Because like I said, I know I'm not the only one that's gone through this. Of course not. It's a lot <laughs> of that happening and it happens all the time. It happens so much to the point where uh, you don't become desensitized to it, but you understand that in the process of this happening, you either need to make another way for yourself or you need to start to build that resume to make sure that you get somewhere else that makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, often I have seen it, not just for myself, but for others who have went for promotions and didn't get them. It's very, very frustrating when you see someone with less, less experience, um, improper training, and then they get promoted and then you watch them do the job and it's just like, he fucking up and yeah, no one's going to even say that, he, that the person is fucking up. Right, right. Like, just but, but that's okay. But you wouldn't give it to me, even though I had the experience and everything else tied into it. So it's a it's a crazy world when you're trying to uh, uh, maneuver through the corporate America and, and and be a part of the the, the business machine itself. Um, I wish, as a young man, as a young black man, more parents were aware to say these type of things that if they knew, like, hey, you don't have to do this. Like if you if you want to own property, if you want to chase your dream, we'll back you. Like I wish there would be, there would have been more talk uh, of doing that. And where I come from, there there wasn't a lot of that, you know. Um, I wish there was. Yeah, for, for me myself, I wish more people would have been paying attention to the fact that I did art instead of telling me to play the guitar or do some other stuff in a, like a, in a church. I wish there would have been more influence to say, yo, if you're going to do art, do it. Because by the time I really got interested in art, I didn't want to do it no more. You know, there was yeah. so much, so many other things going on. Um, and then you find, trying to find out who you are as a young man, as a young black man in this society. Like I got the scholarship and everything, but um, I was having problems with that. You, you understand? So yeah, um, it, it's just so so many things that are going on, and I'm sure there are other young black men or just men in general that have these same issues. But for us, especially, it's like a different experience because where, where some may go home and their family is okay, it's different when you're going back to a neighborhood where everything isn't okay. Absolutely. You no, know, and then I'm not speaking on myself, but in certain situations, you're going back to a a family home where the setting isn't the best where there's a lot of drugs and guns or you yourself as the, the oldest child or the second oldest, you may have to take care of your younger brothers and sisters. So these environments, it doesn't add up when you're trying to do college and, and everything else. Sometimes it's more feasible to just come back home and get a job just to make sure that the family is stable, you know, cause you would rather your brothers, your little brothers and sisters have more than you, than you have. You know, so. Yeah, and that right there is what I think our parents, they did the best that they could with raising us, but what you just said is really the sum of what we experienced. All they knew was going to work, 
and paying bills, going to work, getting a check and making sure there was food on the table, clothes on the, so they did the best they could. And then also, um, so we have to give them grace in that area, but also we have to realize our parents did not grow up in the internet era, right? So now if you wanna know how to do something, you can just Google it. Um, I, I get so irritated. Well, I shouldn't, well, yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I get a little bit frustrated when people not a lot of people, but when someone has come to me and said, how did you start your jewelry business? How did you do this? And I'm like, so you expect me <laughs> to tell you everything that I did when you're not my mentee, we're, we're not on the, men you know what I mean? It's different if, if they're your, your, their mentor, but you expect me to pretty much pour out my blood, sweat and tears and wrap that up in a, in a, in a bow for you so that you could just hit the ball running. No, you need to, if you really want something, you know, you will do what you need to do to get it done. And so, I hate um, that. but um, but like- I also need to share the information though. Some of it, at least some of it, you got the part. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But I mean, like, it's not just, what did you do to get this? It's like, how did you do it? Well, who did you call? Who did you? And it's just like, okay, well, have you done any research? Well, no, I just thought I asked you. That type of thing makes me a little bit, um, you know, flustered. But I don't mind helping anybody, and because you know, it's all about each one teach one. But really quick before we move on, I want to speak to your thing about you used to, you know, being an artist. You know, you said that you do you still do art and everything, or you just kind of slow well, down. Every now and then, I might dibble and dab. I might try to paint. I don't do it uh, as religiously as I used to once upon a time. I think that part of me just kind of, when I got more into music, that became more of my expression. Instead of doing the art, uh, I was able to say the things that were bothering me or speak on the things that uh, I was dealing with through the music rather than um, trying to do uh, graphic, graphic arts or illustration or painting or using prisma colors and things like that. So it became a situation where the music became uh, an escape, a healing. Uh, it became a positive. It became an all, all around positive. It was like my 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 psychiatrist, my shrink. Like I could go in, into the music and just say everything that I wanted to say, whether people caught it or not. Like it it would it would be there, you know. So, but no, I, I haven't um, I haven't been doing as much as I probably should. Well, I just want to encourage you to consider because I you know you grown. I can't tell you what to do, but. <laughs> consider getting <laughs> consider getting back to it because um not to get too deep on you but god gave us gifts for a reason um in the bible it talks about how he gave people certain numbers of gifts and he did that strategically so if he put that in you it's meant for you know the world to see what you can produce and so my father's an oil painter so when you said you know art i was like oh He's not doing art no more because my dad stopped doing art for a while, but he's just starting to pick back up on it. So I encourage you to consider, you know, getting back into it maybe, you know, sometime in 2021. I, I hear you. Um, so I had, I, I was doing some stuff and something about it was just like, it was just wasn't clicking. So I would, when I would just go back and do, do music, it would just flow out. And I was like, well, maybe it's just not, Maybe that's not my form of expression no more. Maybe it is just through music, you know, because I can go in there with a pen and a pad or my phone and I'd be, on, I'd be clicking on all cylinders and I'm good. Like, I don't have no problems. Like, I, I could speak on a lot of the stuff that I've been through or I could just paint a picture of, of, of some of the stuff that I've seen. But 
when I'm sitting there trying to draw or sketch out or something and then go over it with some 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 uh, watercolors or, or something like that it, it don't it's, it don't flow the same so well you have to have patience for it I think you know when you so different forms of art as you know comes in different uh, shapes and sizes so like writing a song because you know I wrote a song last year that's you know instant gratification it's like oh I could do this real quick but painting and drawing because you have to sketch before you paint it's you know, you have to crawl before you walk. It's not instant gratification with that. You, you have to have patience and you have to develop a love for that. So I just feel like you need to just turn inward and see what inspires you. And then one day, maybe just start sketching or whatever, if you want. But I just feel like the world needs to see your art. I, I definitely see you one day, like either having an art gallery of your own or, <laughs> or at least... No, seriously, like having an art gallery of your own that you own um, and like I'm there, you know what I'm saying, with a cocktail, like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Um, or you definitely hosting events and giving like um, the history behind artists' paintings, like kind of like a like a tour guide through an art gallery, but I see you in an art gallery somewhere. So anyway. That could be the case. I will not... Uh deny or reject that at all. But for now, uh, over the last few years, as far as me and art and me trying to get into it, because I've made sure that I've been in a peaceful state or in any state I'm in when I've tried to do it, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't do anything. But if I pick up that pen and paper, it, it like, it all flows out and I can feel everything. So um, maybe one day we'll see, maybe one day it'll, it'll come back. I feel like I let that go and maybe it was just like it, it wasn't for me but um, there's a backstory to that maybe one day I'll tell you about that well if you got a scholarship then you're pretty good so it's, it is for you a scholarship you. yeah so it's for you just got discouraged along the way but that don't mean it's the end yeah um it's a lot of stuff that came with that too so not a lot but there's a few things that kind of just like separate you from doing that so I get it yeah can we pause for, for a minute real quick? Yeah. All right. So you have to be highly creative to be able to do a book, have a <laughs> brush boutique. Not highly creative, but you have to be motivated and stimulated to do stuff like that. So is there anything else that you're doing? Um, yeah, there's a few other things that I'm doing, um, but I'm just really focusing on my book launch right now because um, it'll be launched December 1st. So I'm just trying to rebrand. Um, I was doing social media the wrong ways to have a business, you know, and so I need to I need to shape up things in that area. So right now I'm just focusing on the art of being ignored. And then once that rolls out, then there'll be some other things coming down the pipe. So okay. So you want me to put this out um, real soon? What's real soon? Uh, I have some video, uh, I have some stuff already scheduled to come out, but like, I guess around the 24th or something like that, or in between there. The 24th of November? Yeah. Yeah, that'll be awesome. I was going to let you do it whenever you want, but yeah. Okay. I'll do whatever I want then. Um, <laughs> yeah, but the book is going to be released um, December 1st, so. Okay, so because Veronica was saying, Veronica Kelly was saying she's putting together a fashion show. Really? Yeah. So I, her, I didn't know nothing about it. 
So her, she, she hasn't figured it all out. So her and one of her friends are gonna put put that together, and they want to do it in December. They haven't figured out the place and everything like that. So um, after my interview with Stephanie Jeffrey, uh, which comes out on the tenth, I think Veronica comes out on the seventeenth. I think that's the way it's set up. I guess I could just throw yours in the mix of all that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and then you could just like do your promotion and use the clips or whatever it is you need to use. Yeah. As it goes along. Because I have all that stuff, of course. I'm glad you mentioned that to me about her fashion show because I follow her on Instagram, Veronica. And so, um, like I said, I wanted her to do some pieces for me one day. She's dope, man. I love her. She's super dope. Yeah. And so... I'm going to be keeping my eye out for that because that's a fashion show that you want to go to. You know, some fashion shows in Chicago, no disrespect, but you know. But hers, yes, that's one to be at. So thank you for telling me I will be on the radar. Yes, her. I love her energy. I've known her for a long time, for not a long time. Well, I guess so, for about 10 years or more. It's probably longer. I've known her for a while. So um, she's always had good energy. And I love the fact that um, even through this process, when her interview comes out, you will hear it. She said, even through this, she's doing well, you know, and I love to hear that shit. Like she, she says, this is one of the better times for her as far as economics goes. And I'm very proud of that because she finally hit her, found her niche. You know what I mean? Yeah. I bought a couple of her masks when, when um, yeah. COVID first hit. Yeah, she was talking about that too. Yeah, I was like, oh, let me get three of those. Yep, I got them. They in the other room. <laughs> she's dope. I told her at some point she's going to have to do, do she's going to have to be my tailor. She's going to start cutting my suits for me. Oh, yeah, she's super, she's super dope. I would love, like, to one day we will meet, I know for sure. Oh, no, y'all going to meet. I'm going to make sure of that. I'm going to make <laughs> sure of that, Pam. Like, that, that's going to happen because I, I, I need, I need to see that. I need to see the, the people I know who do well at what they do, I need to see them collab and, and get together and do things and push and experiment. And that's a part, that's the other part of being good at what you do when you experiment and learn from other people, you know, uh, the energy should be there and then the idea should be there and then great things happen through that. It doesn't necessarily have to be a money maker, but you learn. It's a learning yeah. experiments that you get from, from the other person. Um, yeah, as a culture, culturally, I think we should focus more on, like you said, collaborating instead of competing. That's yes. another thing that I talk about in my book, and that's just who I am at the core. You and know, I understand that. that we have been socially conditioned, you know, for so many years, unfortunately, to have the crabs in a barrel mentality, right? But it's oh, that's that day is dead. You know, it's like now it's time to pull our resources together. So that we can be the, um, is it the green book? Remember back in the day when like, I think I want to say the fifties or sixties or seventies, somewhere in those decades um, where black people couldn't shop in certain stores. And so the black businesses put together, I want to say it was called a green book where these were all the black businesses. You could shop here. You can go to these hotels here. This is all black. You know what I mean? Like, I would love for that to be revamped, so to speak, Necess not necessarily with the actual book, but just having that mindset yes. of everybody collaborating and not fighting each other and just banding together instead of bumping heads, you know? Yeah, me, myself, I learned that from uh, 
listening to the music, uh, Duke Ellington, uh, Dizzy Gillespie and all those guys, they would collab. Like they didn't really care about making money. Like they were always just collabing based, based on the fact that they wanted to create the best music possible between themselves. You know, and I, I would read about the different things that would be going on and and how they how music and, and all these different things would just spawn just from them just from them coming together and being able to put put music together. And I'm a big I'm a big believer in that. The only way to one of the only ways to grow is to be around others and experiment and find out what another person does well versus what you do well and be able mm-hmm. to, to take take advantage of that and learn learn and experience that and improve what it is that you do have. Um, we got some of our best jazz music or blues music from uh, all those guys, you know, in the period of time that, that they were that they were working, right? And from the blues, you got country music, and a lot of people don't know that. So uh, in jazz music, they originally called it jackass music. Yeah. Jazz through that, you got blue notes and bluegrass and all this other crazy stuff and rock and roll is somewhere in between there, which they now believe that. All of that was ours. All that shit was ours. All of it, goddammit. Um, but it's a beautiful thing when you experiment because you get the chance to recognize someone else's greatness mm-hmm. and be a part of it, but add your own flavor to it and say, this is, this is what I provide. You know, I, and there needs to be more of that. Like we should not necessarily be competing and if we are competing, it's competing to be great, like just to be better. But it's not competing to put another person down and say this person sucks, but just to compete at a high level and say that like, we're just trying to come together and put out the best, uh, the best result, the best product. Absolutely. The Bible talks about iron sharpening iron. And so the people that you are around um, are, you know, whether you know it or not, the people that you keep around you, you know, <laughs> that trickles off onto you, whatever they got going on, not exactly, but to a fault, um, if people are not necessarily inspired and you're around them, you're not going to be inspired. Um, that's why for me, we talked about being introverted. That's what, when I kind of come and retreat to myself because sometimes people pull you, they don't mean to, most people have good intentions, but they pull you in different directions off your path. And so when I, you know, find my solitude, that's when I get centered and say, okay, wait, now what was I doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. that's why I say I'm half introvert, half extrovert. Yeah. When I'm over here by myself, I'm slinging iron. I'm, I got the Kindle lit, you know, I'm over here, I'm working. Like I got stuff going on, you know what I mean? So there's also, there's always something going on with me, but when I'm out and around people, that's when I'm trying to collab or feel the energy around different people and, and see what like different people are sculpting, what they're chiseling, what, like what they're working on. Mm-hmm. We should do a song together one day. Huh? We should do a song together one day. Listen, I don't have no problem working with anybody that, you know, I don't know what you've heard, but I personally don't have any problem working with any person out there. Um, it's just a matter of finding out what the energy is going to be like between us once we start working. If we're butting heads a lot of the times, then I may take the angle of, well, let me let them get their shit off real quick so they know what they're doing or, or so they can feel like they got their shit off um, and it's going the way that they want it to go. But for the most part, I never have any problem working with anyone. Like I'm, I'm, I'm one of the easiest people there is to work with ever. I know. I just understand like everybody needs to do their own thing. Um, yeah. But uh, 
there are times where people say, well, I'm going to sing this part. I was like, okay, you do do whatever you need to do. And then they'd be shocked when I sing behind them and do background and stuff like that. So, no, I'm just a fan of art, so it don't matter. Like, like I said, like you just said, if you know somebody got some a strength, you know they want to fill in the gap in the area where it's a little weaker or, or something that you know fill in the missing piece. I'm all for that. I'm not like I'm all about creating life and living life to your greatest yeah potential. Like absolutely, and I definitely with that said, I definitely I definitely want you and Veronica Kelly to be able to talk and get get to know each other and figure out something because I think that might be something really, really good. Um, especially since she's trying to do something in December as, as while you're doing your book, right? Okay. Yeah, I'm down. All right. Uh, what's next? As far as? Talking right now. I don't know. Oh, um, we even started. <laughs> I mean I, could, I mean, I could talk to you all day, but when Let's you say that's, that's like a, Let's know, do it. a loaded question. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say this based on me. Um, okay. Asked me recently, do I plan on having kids or do I want kids? I said, yeah. If the person, if I had the compatibility over somebody and they weren't a fucking knucklehead all the goddamn <laughs> like that would be easy because we're not just talking about, for me, we're not just talking about having a child. We're talking about setting a child up to be successful for the rest of Legacy. their life. Mm -hmm. Not making sure, we want to make sure that they don't have to struggle and do what we're doing, mm -hmm. right? Every generation should do something better than a generation before them, right? So I should be smarter than a generation that came before me. The next generation should be smarter and, you. and more fis fiscally responsible, right? So if yep. I'm going to do that, then the, if I'm going to raise a child, then that child should have more to offer than I did, right? And when mm -hmm. I say that to some of these young, some of these women of our age or a little bit younger, they don't, like it don't compute. Yeah, I feel like, well, okay, I gotta be careful here. So I don't have children and yet, yet, um, and- I don't have no fucking kids. <laughs> or and it was oh, someone else oh. that was you, none that you know of, but whatever that. Yeah, I, I, I just want to be careful here because I'm very um, sensitive to what people are going through and so or what people have been through, which is, tr you know, which shows up in their present day and how they act today, and you know, how they show up. So uh, I don't have children yet. Um, but when I did get pregnant and I did not carry the baby full term, I was very upset and obviously, and um, I didn't understand. I was very upset with God, to be honest. Um, but I know now that there's no, I'm not gonna say there's no way, but I know now that it just wasn't the right time. And I won't even go all into that, but I just know it wasn't the right time. And so I say all that to say, when you said that you speak to some women and they may not really understand where you're coming from. I'm trying to be careful here. Um, sometimes, sometimes when life happens, right? Not necessarily how we plan or how we plan. Um, Cause sometimes things do go our way, right? The way we plan it. Um, we have to we have to do the best with what we're given, right? And so, 
when we're given things and we're not ready for them, we're on survival mode. And so when we're on survival mode, we're not thinking logically. You know, it's just like, like we said earlier about, you know, our parents, when you said earlier, you wish that our parents could have taught us like, you know, hey, you don't have to do this and that and the third. What do you want to do? Like, let's find a way to monetize this gift or whatever. They did the best that they could. And so I'm trying to bring it full circle. And I say that maybe some women may not understand where you're coming from because they were in survival mode and they were doing the best that they could. And because that's all that they've known, they can't grasp any thinking outside of that. I understand that. I tried to be real careful there. <laughs> I totally get that, um, and I, I salute that, and I understand that, and I have no problem with that. Um, so, for those who don't know or who already know, I am single, and I do not have any kids. Or, as someone else said, you don't have no kids that you know about. I don't think I have. <laughs> I honestly just don't think there are any kids um, out there that I'm on. But uh, that was brought up to me because they were just trying to say like, I was a good guy. Like why would, why are the good guys out here single with no kids? And without disrespecting people, women in general, you just go, well, maybe the good guys aren't what certain women require. Like they want a guy that's kind of like scandalous and you know, he does whatever he does. But for me, myself, I'm just not gonna take it. I'm just not gonna, put up with any bullshit. Like I got enough bullshit of my own. It's for us to come together and be compatible and figure out a situation that's feasible for us both and grow together. Like we should be business partners. We should be able to fellowship, have a relationship. We should have a friendship. We should be able to do all these things as a couple. And then if you're going to talk about putting a kid in the middle of that, that kid is, is a product of everything that we've done love, fellowship, friendship, business. It should be a product of all of that. And if that's not going to happen, then to me, then I don't, I don't want to be a part. I don't want to just have no no woman that's out here carrying my kid. And I go, oh, yeah, that's, you know, I, I did that. You know what I mean? Like, how do we make that work if we can't get along? Like, I want to be able to get along with the person, even if we're not going to be together. I want to be able to get along with the person and make sure that this kid is taken care of until they're 30 years old and we don't have to worry about the child. Right. But those situations haven't happened for me. And for some, they have some for some, they haven't. I know some guys who tell me I'm like the luckiest motherfucker in the world to be my age and I have no kids, no baby mamas or any of that stuff. You know, and then I hear some guys say, yo, you need to have a child to produce an heir. It's like I don't necessarily see it that way. Like we all are looking at it in different ways. And for me, it's just like. I want it to be done the right way. I don't, I just don't want to be out here slanging kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not just out here trying to produce a kid or air and just be like, all right, my little dude, like this is just life, figure it out. Like, I don't want to do that. Cause I, to a certain degree, I feel that's the way my, my pops did me. He shot me out. When it didn't work between him and my mom, he, he bounced. And, mm -hmm. that and that's probably what happened. Um, to his parents. The same situation probably happened with them. Like, it's, it's so sad, it's so sad, oh, but like, we are the sons of our parents. Not saying that we have to necessarily follow the same footsteps that our parents walked in, but what I'm saying is um, generational things are real. 
And a lot of times when people don't treat someone well, that's because they don't know what that looks like. So, so my only rebuttal to that is me and my dad didn't have the best relationship at all, ever. He'll probably go to his grave and I'll, I'll probably, won't, you know, won't have much of a relationship with him. However, as you know, I had a youth program or I was a part of a youth program for a mm-hmm. very long time. And even after that youth program, I did a lot of mentor work around the city of Chicago just to be involved. There's no way that you, no one can tell me that you can't have a relationship with these kids or with your own child if I did it. If any of these kids are walking up to me and they're telling me that I wish you were my dad, I wish I could go home with you, I wish you were my uncle, I wish you were my brother, hey, can you adopt me? If they're telling me that, there is no reason why any man should be able to say, let me be a better a, a better kid to my father, to my let me be a better father to my kid than my dad was to me. Like, I, I don't get it because I gave these kids what I didn't have. And that was love, respect, and, and anything else that came with it. Like, I did I did anything that I could that, I, that wasn't given to me. Mm-hmm. And they accepted it. And, they, and they, they always gravitated toward me because of that. So if I'm able to do that, how come no one else can see through that? You know what I mean? Like, like, how do you not, how do you not recognize that? Yeah. Um, I don't know the situation with your dad, but I know people just by nature um, are creatures of habit. And so um, some people don't like talk. Okay. So we all got scars, right? We all done been through life. We got some cuts, scrapes and bruises but if we don't take time to let those things heal and heal properly sometimes we can take that same scrape cut and bruise onto the next person and then that that's that sore will instead of heal it will fester and it'll spill on to somebody else and then on to somebody else um again i don't know the situation with your dad but with most people um you have to do your work as you know you know i Uh, was married before and um, I took some time a lot of time like after we got divorced I I definitely dated but um, after maybe the second person that I dated after that ended I took a lot of time and did a lot of soul surgery and one of the things that I realized was um, I had to start to, to get somewhere you've never to do something you've never done you have to, I'm sorry to get somewhere that you've never gone you have to be willing to do something that's never been done so one of the things that I said to myself was how did I get here and nothing against that past situation because it was a lesson wrapped up in a blessing for sure but what I'm saying is like I had to look at me not at him or not at anybody else I dated after him or before him I had to look at me and say how did I get here so for me Everybody not the same, but for me, um, my self, my, my pain medication was through sex. So basically, let's say, for example, you and I, even though we brother and sister, so this wouldn't happen, 
but you know what I'm saying? Let's say, <laughs> no, nah, cause you know, we known each other since we was in freaking grammar school. So it's, I can't even believe oh, yeah, I, I knew it, I knew it, I knew they was doing it. Uh, no, yeah. no. Yeah. Okay. yeah, but let's say you and I, let's just say, hypothetically speaking, we don't know each other, you and I, we meet, we hit it off, we start smashing, right? Having sex, being intimate. First of all, I don't know you enough to let you in my space, in my womb like that, right? Because nine times out of 10, when we meet somebody, we meet their representative. Who, who shows up is not who they really are. No. It only takes about, I'm not gonna give a timeline on it, but it takes some seasons for you to kind of really peel back the layers and see who this really person is when they are upset when things are not going well, when they're, you know, whatever. Okay. When COVID, you know, I heard a lot of people, you know, been into it since, you know, this pandemic, because you got somebody in your face at home all the time. It's like, Oh, get away from me. You know what I mean? So, but for me, when I would meet somebody, it would be like, Oh, you know, we vibe, you cool, you know, you cute. You know what I'm saying? We go together. You know what I'm saying? I've always been a serial girlfriend. I talk about that on my blog on ChriselleMonet.com. I am a recovering serial girlfriend. Like, I always was in a relationship, even as a young girl. And that's because I mimicked the relationship that I saw, the marriage that I saw between my parents. I wanted that more than I wanted my brother's happily married now. He's a refined man. But at the time when I was little, what I saw my brother doing with women and what I saw my dad doing with my mother, I said, oh, I want what my dad did. So I was very adamant on not, to my, the best of my ability, not falling for people that would do me wrong or be, you know, untruthful. So anyway, back to the sex thing. So uh, once I started doing soul surgery, the first thing I, you know, asked God, okay, how did I get here? And so he showed me that I self-medicate pain from things that had nothing to do with him, okay? by having sex. So I could be mad at the world. Let's have sex. I'm good. And then, you know what I'm saying? It's just a little band-aid on the big problem that really needs to be addressed, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I just really think that it's important for people to, you know, it's, it's not easy. You know, we all, nobody wants to be wrong, but sometimes you have to really take a deep dive into yourself and be like, like the family tree what is it ancestry.com how they do that little fake family tree thing like you really have to connect the dots from your life and say okay i did this i did that why did i do this and why did, you know what i mean like you really gotta like connect those dots and fill in those gaps and pull out the pieces that didn't make sense and make sense of them so that going forward that you won't have a problem or that you will have less of a problem yeah. moving forward in wisdom and not in weakness I agree. I agree. I just feel like uh, that part of me is is kind of like pretty much fizzled out. Like I don't. I'll continue to learn from it and and continue to try to grow from it, but I feel like that part of me is has fizzled out. Um, if I were to have kids with anyone or, or or raise kids, I would definitely want them to be better off than what I was and not necessarily financially, but just being there, being there for them intimately, emotionally, physically, spiritually, all that, like just, just being an overall better person for them, just so, just to make sure that they had the proper backing. 
I didn't have that. So I was always searching for it, always looking for it. Uh, thank goodness I was able to get a hold of all these books I got over here and rest in peace to the young lady who was my girlfriend at the time. Like I was able to be a part, she was able to be a part of my life and be very key and instrumental in me learning how to be a better person because there wasn't a lot of people uh, around me for that. Um, I, I do love my, I do love my dad. I don't want nobody to think like I'm out here hating this guy and I hope that a, a refrigerator or anvil falls on his head. Like it's Not no, it, it, you know what I'm saying? Like it ain't nothing like that, but it's it's just that when you go so long without that type of love and you've been rejected for so long, you don't yearn anything from it no more. Like the only thing that you want is as as far as I go, is to be a better person. Like that's the only thing that I've I've wanted um this entire time is to be a better person, to can to continue to grow, to continue to inspire others and be a better productive and progressive person. Um, at this point, I don't see me needing to be around him or anybody else like that. Like I've done so much without, without that. So it's just kind of like, I, why would I step backwards? And what would be the point? Like, I, I know how you're going to act. I know that I know the type of conversation we're going to have. I know the negative things that you're going to say. So why continue to do that? So I'm not saying that it's, it should be like that for anybody else, but for me personally, I learned my lesson three times dealing with that. Um, and I tried over and over and over again and it didn't work. So um, for me to be able to have kids, it would just be about compatibility, uh, progression, productivity. Like what, 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 what's the end goal? Cause once we're gone, once, once we're gone, this kid has to have their feet planted solidly into the ground and know who they are and where they're going. And I would, that's, that's all I would want. I don't want a kid out here when I'm gone. It won't matter once I'm gone, they're gonna do what the hell they're gonna do. But just to be grounded, you know, just to be filled with enough information to make sure that, they, that they're, they're a stand-up person, that their integrity, their morals and values, their character or their overall character is, 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 is planted deep in them and they know how to just how to just succeed in life and be a better person than I was, you know? Yeah, choosing to love somebody that um, you are uh, giving them the application to be your life partner. That is the, one of the most pivotal decisions anybody can make in their life. It's just, to me, I, I feel like it's, it's on the level of searching for a home. You, we all know that that process takes forever. It takes at least six months, you know, maybe three or four, you, you know, depending on if it's a miracle, but it does not happen overnight. Same thing, you know, for, you know, choosing somebody to do life with. It's very, um, it's, it's very imperative that you really, you know, know who you are first, because you can't come to a situation half, you know, empty or, you know, you, you really have to really know who you are as a whole being for you to even be able to know what you like, what you don't like. And therefore you'll be able to sift through the week a little bit easier because you like, nope, this not working, this not working. And so that's one of the things that I've done um, when I was speaking about me sit, sitting back and doing my own soul work or letting God honestly do, cause I, you have to be willing but allowing God to just do the work for you and show you some things.
things. Yeah. And one of the things that really helped me and I know will help anybody is that you have to release people from your mental real estate. You have to forgive them. Even if you feel like they don't deserve it, even if they did you all dirty, even I'm telling you, it's so much freedom in yeah. releasing people yeah. that did you wrong. Because at the end of the day, we all, every year that we get, you know, every time we have a birthday, we carry some baggage from one year to the next. But when you release people out of your mental space, you know, that baggage falls off and then you could be more free to think clearer, to make wiser decisions and to, you know, walk into the person that, you know, God meant for you to be. But yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Like I'm in such a, so much of a better place now than being that angry, angry dude that, you know, just wanted to fight and hurt everything that was around me. Like I'm so much like, I'm years removed, like 10, 15 years removed from that situation. Once I understood what it was, I was like, it's not even my fault. It's not even my fault. Like this dude is still mad about stuff that he didn't change. And then he didn't rectify for himself to make himself a better person. Like he could have moved on. Like there's so many things that he could have done to make his life a lot better. And then you took those things and you made it better, worse for us. So it just is what it is. I, I'm a firm believer, firm believer in just being a better person. Yeah. Uh, healing, recognizing that people are going to be who they are, whether you like it or not, mm-hmm. and just moving forward and just being a better progressive and productive person. Um, yeah. I've done some bad things and some evil things, and we, we, we are not going to discuss that ever. Um, we all have, okay. Unless it's like some stuff. You're like, what? <laughs> unless it's off of this, we'll do it off of this because you know me and you, we, we can vibe and we can do this for hours. But oh, yeah. it won't be, it won't be on here. But <laughs> things that we could discuss and talk about openly, and we'll just be okay with it. But I'm not like I'm not no saint, you know. I've done I've done some bad things, and, and a lot of it is just for survival. But in a situation where you will want the love of a father and you don't get it, you're going to find it. You're going to go find it somewhere. And for me, one of my releases was being around women. Everybody everybody knows that. Like like women. So um, that's that. So uh, I I wish anybody well who's struggling with any type of uh, adversity or depression or suicidal thoughts or anything like that you can always overcome things man just you just have to come to a point where you realize that you are better than a situation that you're in yeah absolutely my that depression thing is a beast my dad um my dad i was talking about generational stuff before when you were speaking about your dad and i was like you you know you may not know what he went through and i'm saying that negates um uh how he treated you or how he still treats you or what he did or didn't do. But um, that generate, oh, my dad called me right now. <laughs> um, I'll call him back. Um, that generational thing is real. His father- It is, it's super fucking real. Yeah, his father suffered from depression. He suffered from depression and I did before I realized what was happening. There will be days where I just wouldn't want to get out of bed at all. And this is, I'm talking about in my 20s. I'm like, you know, 
you know, we, we a little older than that. But uh, in my 20s, I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. I was like, why can I get out of bed? Life is not that bad. What is wrong with me? It was like this. The best, the, the best way I can describe depression is like a, like a storm cloud that's literally uh, paired with tons of anvils, as you said earlier, on each shoulder and your head. And you just walking around feeling like the world is just so, so for me. To not to cut you off, but I'm gonna I'm share my experience, all right? Because I didn't, I would, I didn't understand what it was, all right. Mm-hmm. So here I am, my girlfriend dies. I'm uh, hanging out with the homies. It's like during the summer, and it's a bright, beautiful day outside, and I can remember it clearly because that's the moment that I realized that something was wrong with me. All right, we're hanging out, and then I go, hey. Everybody, yo, y'all, I'm about to go home, man. Look like it's about to, it's look, look like it's about to rain. And I'm like, what? I'm like, it look like it's about to rain. I'm about to go home. Like, man, they like, nigga, it's, it's sunny out here. Like, the fuck is wrong? I was like, man, you can't see the side. It's, it's gray out here. And the older cat who I was out there with was like, yo, I'll give you a ride to the house. He said, leave your, leave your car. I want to talk to you for a second. And I was like, no, I'm going I'm to take, just right, jump in the car with me. He's like, no, we're going to take my car because I'm going to come back. I said, All right, cool. And then that's when he pointed it out. He said, do you know what's wrong with you? I was like, no. He's like, what are you, I was asking, what, what are you talking about? And he said, it's a beautiful day outside. It's 80 degrees. There is no clouds. And you talking about rain. He said, you depressed. I was like, what are you talking about? I ain't depressed. And he was like, you're depressed and you don't even realize it. He's like, it's 80 degrees outside. Look at the clouds and everything. I'm squinting and everything. It's like, man, it's, it's gloomy out here, man. He's like, no, you're gloomy. You're having a hard time processing everything that's going on with you. And from that, I'm not going to go into the complete conversation, but I told him how I felt about everything that I was going through. Mm-hmm. Losing somebody that I love. Um, I loved on a level that I had never loved before. And I, I and it was taking a life out of me. Like I had done so many things like stupid at that point that, you know, it didn't make any sense, but um, it, it hurts. Like that depression and that gloom and that doom, like when it comes over you, like it, it is like an anvil. It's like you're carrying this elephant on your back that nobody can see and you wish that they could see it, but no one can see it. And when you're talking to people, it's kind of like they make you sink deeper into the to a hole. When they're yeah. talking to you, it's just like, well, you don't understand and you're not really helping me. And then you feel alone and you feel isolated. And so yeah. you retreat and then you feel like nobody understands, which makes you feel worse. Yeah, depression is definitely that weight that we feel. Well, that weight that we used to feel. Oh, I don't feel that now. Like That's why I said used to feel, past tense, past tense. The weight that we used to feel, the, that we equated to anvils, like in the cartoon character days, um, that's a demonic spirit. And yeah. so you, uh, once you realize that it did not come from God, that this does not belong on you or in you and this trespassing property that they have no right to, then you have to, to make a decision just as simple as that. It's, it doesn't sound simple, 
but it begins with a thought because depression is wrapped in fear and is wrapped in a whole bunch of other things, anxiety, worry, doubt, uh, hurt, anger, just all of that. Yeah, for me, it was just hurt. Like I had yeah. never, so uh, yeah. for, for those who don't know, I had never loved nobody like that ever. I had never loved nobody like that. And to lose someone, when that's all you felt like you had, it takes so much out of you. And for those who don't know, I'm a cancer. So when we love, we love very deeply. Like we give it everything. Like I, we push it all out there. We put everything on the table. And then when it just snatched away from you and there's nothing else to recover from, like it's just like, all right, I don't have anywhere else to go and I shouldn't be here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me, um, when I noticed that I was walking around with those weights on my shoulder and that cloud over my head, like you said, you equated it to rain. You know, you just feel so dark. You're in a dark place. You don't understand. It's literally like you feel like you fall and then you can't get up. It's weird. It's, it's very spiritual. That's how you know it's spiritual because it, if you allow it to, if you come into agreement with it, it overtakes you and, and, and causes you to become into a state of paralysis. So you just like tied down. Like you just, yeah, down. You just yeah. You're handicapped, you, you're in a state of paralysis, you can't move, can't do anything. Sometimes you can't even speak, sometimes you can't even eat, it just depends. Um, and so back to the generational thing, my grandfather had it, my father had it. Then when I started noticing in my 20s what was going on with me, I was going in and out of it. And at one point when I came out of it, I said, wait, this don't seem right. And so I made a conscious decision that it ended here because I knew that it was generational because my grandfather had it, dad had it, and then I had it. So I said, all right. So literally our words, remember earlier when we were talking about mothers and you know women that don't understand certain things, I was trying to be very careful with my words because words um, are weapons. They're very powerful. When you, when you tell something to leave you alone, it has to go. So that's what I did. I said, all right, depression, I see you. I know what you are now. You got to go. And, and that's it. Now, don't get me wrong. It's tried to creep in, you know, um, moments when I've been vulnerable or, you know, during weak moments or whatever, because it never wants to pack up its bags, especially if it has been there for so long. You know, um, it's kind of like somebody right that that's kind of like a a loner or somebody that's homeless right that travels from home to home don't have nowhere to go and they come into your crib oh or they come into my crib and they like oh it's nice up in here yeah i'm staying here and then you like bro sis yeah. you gotta go they gonna they gonna they're not gonna leave without a fight they're gonna claw until they can stay but Absolutely. you have to keep speaking to that thing and say, you gotta go. You don't belong here. And I don't, and I know you don't belong here. So you gotta go. And that's just, you know, you have to like a lot of things, um, the Bible talks about, um, you know, your mind being renewed um, when you believe in, in Christ, right? And fear is all in the mind. Fear is not a real thing. It's all in our mind. And fear is one thing that depression holds on to and manifests um, from, but um, you have to speak to fear or speak to anything that God did not give you, right? And say, no, 
once you come out of agreement, when you say no, that means you're coming out of agreement with it. You do, you no longer um, will be subjected. The bond is broken. The bond That's is broken. right. The threefold code is broken. You will no longer be subjected to, um, you know, the hold, the choke hold that it has on you. So when you tell it no, then it's like it gets weaker and weaker. But it's, you know, it tries to come back. But the more you reject it, you gotta go. You yeah. know. So take a break real okay. quick. Yeah. All right, we back. Have to take a break real quick. You were speaking about telling things that they have to be removed. Yeah. Saying no to depression and stress. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so are you a big? So are you big on uh, religion or just big on God? Um, I'm big on having a relationship with God. Okay. Kind of like how you and I. Uh, have relationship you and I have known each other like I said I keep saying since what first grade second grade whenever we met we have known each other since then and I'm just gonna go ahead and say it I'm 39 and I'm not ashamed to say it okay <laughs> you know people be like I'm 40 I'm 40 fuck it I'm 40 <laughs> well I ain't 40 into August so 2021 so I'm still 39 but um yeah, so we, um, you and I have have history with each other. You know, we have relationship. You, when you called me, when you asked me to do this podcast, I immediately was like, yeah, you know, sure. You know, we all busy, we got stuff to do, and I probably may not have, you know, accepted everybody's, but I knew because of our relationship over the years. I'm like, well, I don't even know what it's about, but I'm gonna support him because we have relationships. So to get to your question, um, I'm, I'm not religious because there's a difference between being religious and having a relationship. Having a relationship is, with God is just like what we're doing right now. Um, just talking to God all day, just understanding that, you know, um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, God, Jesus Christ, and the Spirit of Christ, which is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, um, is here and um, it's real. Even though you cannot see it, doesn't mean that, it, that it's not real, but you definitely can feel it once you have a relationship. So how God works for me in my life, um, the more you talk to him, and I believe that he's like with everyone, he just kind of sits back and waits for you to come to him. But the more you talk to him, he just leans in and oh, okay. And then when he leans in, cause God is always talking in our dreams every day through people, through situations, you just have to listen. You have to be still enough to listen. And so the more you talk to God and commune with God, whether it's just talking to him, like I'm talking to you, or whether it's prayer, um, which is still a conversation with God, it's all the same thing. The song I wrote last year, where he at, it's on YouTube. That was based off of a conversation that I had with God and friends that I knew that was going through the same thing. Um, they were having a relation, they were having this that same conversation with God. So the song is based on um, women that are Christians that are trying to do the right thing. They're not trying to be out here, no shade, but they not, you know, doing the walk thing. They not out here doing that. That's not what they're they interested not out here in. being no promiscuous. Yes. WAP is a is a you know an acronym. Nothing wrong with women. Enjoying themselves, I just want to say that. 
enjoy yourself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But then you have those that that doesn't work for them anymore, right? They used to do that. I used to do that. Um, but then you get to a certain age, right? When life teaches you some lessons and you start learning that that ain't the best thing if that's your path. And so anyway, um, some women that I knew were wondering where their husband was, right? You know, it's hard to date out here. Let's just be real, it's 2020, about to be 2021. We live in a, a, a swipe left, swipe right dating world. We live in the, the, the not the goldfish, I'm tripping, not the goldfish, but the, um, the fish, you know, whatever, like this whole date, this whole internet dating thing now is just plenty of fish. Yeah, yeah, that plenty of fish and Black Planet and all this other stuff that's, you know, kind of laughable depending on which platform you get on. I'm not saying all of, because I know some people that's actually met their mate on there and God bless them and anybody else that it does work for. But for the majority, it's kind of harder to find somebody that's really on the same page as you. So anyway, a few women um, that I know uh, was just having the same conversation. We didn't need to have a conversation. It was just different people having different conversations at different times. And so because I felt the same way, you know, I had got divorced. I didn't have sex for, four, for three and a half years, almost four years, because, yeah, because I was like, remember I told you earlier, yeah, remember I told you earlier, my pain was being masked and, and busting down. So I said, okay, if I can't see this man for who he is because he got his parts in my parts, then we got to take all the parts away so that I can heal. Three the star years? Player right here. Huh? Three years? Three years. That's a long time. Girl. It is. But when you intentional about your healing, you'll do anything. Okay? And because I know that um, I'm a wife, I'm just going to say, I know that I'm a wife. I know that um, I may not have made the um, the right decision for me at that time. I also did not know who I was at that time. I didn't know my identity. And so now that I know who I am, for sure, certain people, meaning guys, don't even approach me. Like, they just kind of know, like, ah, uh, she ain't going... Whereas before, you know, they kind of was like, oh, well, I'll try her. And I'm saying I, I still get tried. But, you know, my point is the Where He At song was based on a, a conversation that a woman has with God saying, God, where is my husband? And it's on YouTube. You can check it out. Where He At, Christian Monet. Just Google it. And it's, it's, a, it's a video and a song based on that. So back to your point to your question i am very much passionate about having a relationship with god and not being religious the difference is religious is a bible beater a bible thumper um somebody that oh my god you're going to hell because you got a lipstick oh my god you're going to hell because you got you ate shrimp oh my god it's just like no you know you the thing that people missed they um, unfortunately, some people, not all, but some people take scriptures in the Bible and they make it work for them and they might twist it and misconstrue the meaning when they really need to get into the, the depth of it. And usually a scripture, you, you can't read one scripture without reading the one before it or after it to understand what the context of it is, right? 
That's correct. So, that is right. So I am a believer. I love God with all my heart. He has changed my life. And I will scream from the mountaintops to anybody. Like, if you just try God, not the religious stuff. The religious stuff may work for people. But for me, it didn't work. I didn't know that I could love God and still be myself. Meaning, you know, I didn't know that I could, you know, uh, have fun and be saved and, and, be, and, and live a life that God wanted me to live. You can, because God gives us, um, you know, uh, the Bible talks about the enemy, which is obviously the opposite of God, right? The imposter, he comes, but to kill, steal, and destroy. But God comes that we might have life and have it more abundantly, abundant life. That's the best life. Like we say, we live in our best life. In my honest opinion, from experience, from being saved and not saved, in my opinion, when you have a relationship with God, that's how you live your best life. Because without him, it's way harder out here to navigate. Okay. Okay. I'll take it as what you're saying. You got some thoughts? No. I, <laughs> as you know, I'm not a religious person. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Yeah, I do not go deep into it anymore because... I can tear it all down and build it back up if I desire to. So um, I, I usually leave it alone. But whatever works for each individual person is what works for them. Um, I realize that's all that matters. However you get to your peace and your productivity, that's all that matters. Your progression through life, that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if it's through Confucius Buddha, Hinduism, Christianity, or Islam, or if you're just a person that just believes in the universe and your ancestors, that's fine. I, I don't knock anybody for believing in anything that they believe in. Yeah. Uh, I was younger and I had all the information. I would bang on everything. Ah, you don't know what you're talking about. But as an older per as an older gentleman, 40 years old, and I understand that we're all trying to find our own road. It's all on how it happens for you. You can't knock people to, on how they get to where they get to. Let them have their own road, their own lane to make the mistakes and get to where they're going to get, where, where they're going to, get to. I can't judge you for that. Um, and if I did judge you, I would be so small-minded that you shouldn't even talk to me anymore because I haven't, I haven't progressed myself at that point in time. So. Um, no, I'm not big on religion, but if you a belief in God, a belief in the universe, Islam, Allah, whatever it is that you believe in, that's fine. Like I get that Hebrew Israelite, what you know, whatever it is that you want to believe in, um, that's fine. The main thing is that you come out of it with a better understanding, a purpose, and you understand who you are. Like that's the only thing that that, that is the only thing that matters to me. Outside of that, I don't really I don't really care or pay attention to. Um, I don't think we that we have to believe in a specific religion because I feel like all of us are praying to a God that equals to one God or many gods that are out there in the universe that are waiting on us. I don't I don't know. So it just is what it is. But whatever the calling is, if it works for you, that's all that matters. I don't I don't I don't get into that. Once upon a time I did, once I realized it was all crazy and it was all confusing, but 
once I read the books that got into that, then you go, oh, well, it don't, it don't really matter as long as the person is comfortable with who they are and they're subscribing to being a better person. That's all of that really matters in the end is that you want to be a better person and you want to do, you want to do better with your life and inspire others to do better with their lives. That was the only thing that really mattered. Mm-hmm. And I just let it go because uh, anything else was just ranting and raving and pontificating and talking too damn much about nothing and everything. Right. <laughs> so I, when I realized that, I was like, oh, well, you just got to let people be themselves. There's nothing wrong with people being, being themselves. And that's the thing that we're doing. We're knocking people. We're upset at people and we're shining people and we're being prejudiced and discriminative about people who are the, who are choosing to just be themselves and walk in their own truth. Why are we knocking people that are walking in their own truth? And we shouldn't be doing that. So I don't have anything negative to say about it. Like everybody's going to be who, who they are, you know? Yeah, but you've known me for a long time, right? Huh? And so you've known me for a, quite a while. Yeah, and- but I'm also a guy who's read the Bible five, six times too. You know what I mean? I read the, I tried to read the Quran once and Torah and all this other stuff. And you're just like, man, whatever, man. Y'all just go be what the fuck y'all want to be. Because it don't make no difference. It don't. We're all different. But we're all the same in the end. So. Yeah. It won't make no difference. Well, did you, um, you read the Bible five times. Did you read it in order? In order? In order from, so like the the Torah, the first five books, did you do it chronologically in order? Yeah, I did that. And then I read read it backwards and it sounded pretty cool when you read it backwards too. Yeah, so I'll tell you something funny. Um, When I was a kid, so I always grew up in the church. Me too. Um, And so... Um, there was a huge Bible, bigger than this, this is my notebook, but bigger than this, that was on our dining room table in the house I grew up in. It was probably Uh, like this or something. Yes, it was huge like that. (laughs) Um, on our dining room table. Dictionary, by the way. Okay. With pronunciations, I got to check that out. Um, and so it would always be open in the middle and I would always flip to the front of the Bible, which is Genesis, and to the end. And I would freak my mother out, oh, when I got to Revelation. She'd be like, oh, what? Now I'm talking about a kid. We're talking about teenage years. And she's like, what are you doing? You know, like, that's some heavy stuff back there. And I'm like, uh, you want me to read the Bible, right? And she's like, yeah, but you know, it's some really heavy stuff back there. And I'm like, I wanna know how it all started. And I want to know how it ended. It wasn't until I got saved, saved, I say, <laughs> when I became an adult and I, you know, fully gave my life to Christ for real, for real, um, that I, uh, you know, started diving into the middle, you know, the, the, the meat of the book, which is in the middle. And um, I took this um, class in my church called How to Study the Bible, because honestly, the Bible is intimidating. It's a 66 chapter book with a lot of revelation and it's a lot of mysteries. It's a lot happening in that thing. And if you don't know what you're reading, especially if you read in one translation, like the King James version, and they got where art thou and hitherto therefore, you will be like, no, I ain't doing this. But if you, you know, get at least two translations, you know, like 
like maybe New Living Translation or the English Standard Version or something like that, the NIV. Um, it, it, it talks to us in present day because that Bible is very old. So that's how they spoke back then. So if you're not, we, we're not speaking like that now. So it's hard for us to um, unlock all that, you know, um, all the jewels that's in there. But yeah, I, I absolutely um, don't judge anybody uh, for taking a different route. Like you said, it is all about your soul and, you know, is your soul whole, you know, W-H-O-L-E, you know, and are you fixing yourself or working on getting fixed? Because we all are broken, you know what I'm saying? And, and um, in one way or another. And so it's very important for you to, for all of us to really take the time to not point fingers at other people, places and things, but turn it this way and be like, all right, what did I do? Why did I do this? How did I do this? And then from there, you'll start realizing either whether your mother did it that way, your father did it that way, your auntie, your best friend told you to do it. I mean, life, um, as a child, we're like a sponge. So we just soak up everything that's around us. But as you become older and mature and more sure of yourself, and especially when you learn your identity, like why you were meant to be here, um, and you're very sure of that, then it's very clear. Everything else just kind of falls into place. Okay. I, I, I agree. I agree. I totally agree. But for me, it was just like, I, that was something I just needed to get away from. Um, the meditation, the reading different books, um, the Asian books, on all these different books, just reading and meditating was one of the things that brought me to a better understanding of everything. And not necessarily understanding everything, but being able to give people their space so they can grow within it. Yeah. And you can't, you, you won't be able to understand people unless you just give them the space so you can see who they are and where they're coming from. And I think often with the different religions, oh, you're a Muslim, oh, you're this, are you that, that, I don't want to deal with that because you don't know anything. If it works for that person and it brings them peace, there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It works for a person who decides to be Confucius or Hindu and it works for them. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to leave them to where they are so they can relate to you in a better space, in a better time, or in a better form. So for me overall, it's just like, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't knock anybody for, for believing in one or the other, so. Yeah, religion um, originally was meant for uh, the sole purpose of dividing, conquering, and controlling people. This is and correct. So, and so um, when you ask me, are you religious? You know, I kind of like twitched a little bit because I get that question a lot because it's hard for me to not uh, say a paragraph to someone in the conversation and not, well, that's not true, maybe not a paragraph, but it's hard for me not to have a, converse, a lengthy conversation, I'll say, with somebody and not point to God in some way yeah. because he's the head of my life and I, without him, I'm nothing because- What I'm is, so hypothetically, what if he is a she? If he is a she, then that is fine with me. <laughs> it should be. I would think that he would actually be a she or it. Because like yeah. you said, you're an ambivert. I would think that it would have to be both of the same thing. 
Yeah, I'm not really sure about that. But um, what I know for sure is... Um, Only thing that it's a he because it's man-made, it's man writing it. But that's just my... What do you mean it's man writing it? You talking about the Bible? Yeah. Well, the Bible is recordings of things, of experiences. Uh, it's just like a diary, right? Right. Like, it's just recordings of what they've experienced, the miracle signs and wonders and the things that they experience. It's just a historical book. Um, so, I mean, yeah. Why are you saying that? Let's just also mention is, is the signs and wonders as they traveled around. It wasn't just in one spot. It's as they traveled around. So. Oh, absolutely. Well, the book is, the Bible is not just, you know, again, it's 66 chapters. So it's 66 books. Is 66 chapters that recorded like that were used that were used that that they recorded a massive amount of um experiences just in one document but yeah um it wasn't just in one place for sure i know that it's in the new testament but i don't know if we want to go all I'm not going to do that. Just 66 books that were used because there are a lot yeah. more that were omitted. But Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tell me about this hair color because I know that for a fact that your hair color is jet black. It's not jet black. It's actually dark brown. <laughs> but this hair color, because <laughs> see, you a very literal person, so I have to get literal with you. I love you. I love you. You are my brother, and I love you, and I mean that. Um, yes, this hair color is blonde and brown, and um, yeah, um, I always had my hair dark, and then one day I said, you know what? Because see, honestly, um, remember I talked about us being sponges as children. We kind of soak up uh, people's opinions of us and everything. So when I was younger, you know, we went to CBS, and so. My major was cosmetology, and so we experienced a lot. Um, we experimented a lot in hair school, and I would always see lighter complected women have blonde hair, and I'd be like, "Oh, that's just for light skinned women." And my mom is light skinned. My mom is lighter skinned. My brother is lighter skinned. Obviously, his you know his hair is not brown, but so my father is brown skin like me my mom is light skinned like my brother and my sister is brown skin too so i got a mix in my household and my sister never colored her hair blonde she always colored it red or purple or something dark so it wasn't until again i became a little bit more aware of myself and i said you know what because the more self-aware you become the less you care about what other people think so then I said, you know what? I'm brown skin, but I can wear whatever color I want to wear. And so I started going blonde about four years. I cut all my hair off. Um, I don't know if you remember the short haircut I had, the little Holly Berry, the little boomerang, circle boomerang, Holly Berry. Anyway, I cut all my hair off and I went platinum blonde. I just was like, I told my hairstylist, just do it. You're going to do it. My thing is, if you're going to do something, do it right. So I was like, just go light as we could. And so, yeah, I never really looked back. I love um, lighter color hair. It wakes my face up, especially the older I get. I look more vibrant and stuff when I have lighter color hair. Um, but I'm very aware uh, that my hair uh, is naturally dark brown. It's not jet black. And I am not trying to be 
anybody other than myself. I'm just trying to be the best, the best version. Okay. I'm not saying you're trying to be anybody else. I'm just saying I'm used to seeing this really nice color, beautiful, dark hair. And when I turn on today, it looks it's almost <laughs> matching the wall behind you. So but you know I switch it up. Oh, as long as you've known me, do I keep a hairstyle for longer than like a couple of years? I, I just I switch it up. It's yeah, no, you switch it up, but I didn't expect when I tuned in it would be like blonde. You know. Well, surprise, surprise. Okay. No, no, and I, I don't want you to think that I'm saying it to say there's something wrong with it or anything. But oh, I, I don't think you think that. I mean, okay. I mean, yeah. As long as you know that part, like I just didn't, I didn't know it would be a different color like that. No, you just make an observation out loud. I understand. Yeah. That's all. So what motivates you, man? What, what what keeps you going to be able to create a book and, you know, continue to create the Gold Rush Boutique? Like, what, what are the things that motivate you? Um, the thing that motivates me is that I know for a fact um, that there's a purpose to my life. And again, it's not just to work and pay bills. You know, everybody was appointed, was born on this earth, not for happenstance. It was for a reason. Like we say, friends are in your life for a reason, season of a lifetime. You know, it's the same thing um, with our life lessons that we experience in life. We, we go through things for a reason. It may only be a season. And then if you're smart or if you're not smart, I shouldn't say that. If you are wise, <laughs> So we go through things for a reason. It may only be for a season or some seasons, depending on how long we choose to stay there. But the purpose is to live a, 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 the, the absolute best life that you can. And for me, um, that's what keeps me motivated, knowing that I was born here, you were born here, everybody was born here for this time you could have been born back in the bible days you could have been born before the bible was written you could have been born in 2030 you feel me you was born right now so when you, so when you understand why you were born when you were born and your purpose that's what keeps me motivated and so for me um i thank god for my job because it i use that as a vehicle to fund my dream the disposable income i you know pump that money back into my dreams but you know um I know that everything starts with a thought. That couch you sitting on started with a thought. You know, before there was couches, you know, people was probably sitting on the floor. You know what I'm saying? Like, and somebody was like, well, dang, I would sure like some cushion on my behind. Let's come up with a couch. And so, because we're all born by the creator, we were created to create. And so, I am a very creative person um, by nature. And that's what keeps me going because I know who I am and whose I am. So I have to continue to um, produce. Who are your motivations or inspirations? Say what? Who or what are your motivations or inspirations? Is it like Maya Angelou or Dr. Francis Cresswell sing or Ellen or Oprah? Like, Ooh, that's a hard one. I want to know why, because 
a lot of people inspire me and motivate me. You mentioned Dr. Francis Cress Wilson and I smile. I don't know if you noticed that. Uh, a lot of people do not know who she is and I do. Um, and so she inspires me. She's dope she by is. the fucking way, but yeah. keep going. She, yeah, she, she definitely inspires me because again, we talk about, um, I just mentioned that everything started with a thought. And so in her case, Dr. Francis Cress Wilson, she took a harsh reality and she said, the thought came to mind, why is this harsh reality the way that it is? And she took that thing and dissected it and studied it and came up with a theory that really can't be argued. I mean, it can be argued, but, you argue, but it's all truth in there. But it's all facts. It's all facts. Yep. So, um, it's all facts. So a lot of people inspire me. She over there, you got books? Hell yeah. A lot of people inspire me. Nina Simone inspires me. Oh, look at you. You got a whole library. Come on, library. You better read. You better read. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's more than that. It's more a lot than of people, that. A lot of people inspired me. Um, so I'm an artist naturally, right? And so um, Nina Simone, she... She was a pistol back in the day. That woman, yeah, she had things, she had demons. You know, we all got things we have to deal with. You know, um, there was a dark side to her for sure. But being in the music industry, depending on the circles you roll with or whatever you dealt with before, that's, you know, you gotta be careful of that anyway. But um, Nina Simone was dope. She was an activist through her music. And what I love about her is that she said something so profound. She said a lot of things so profound, but in this particular conversation, I'll just point out that she said that, you know, an artist, it is an artist's job to reflect the times. And that's what I've done in my book, The Art of Being Ignored. Like I've reflected, um, um, some shared experiences through different characters, but it also reflects the times. It's actually, you can read it right now and you will feel like you in the book, like that, like you're journeying through the book because there was a time when honestly, oh, I had writer's block for like a few months and I was a little pissed because I'm like, I need to get this out. You know, I've been procrastinating on it for a minute. And the reason why I know now that I had a writer's block for a couple months is because the pandemic got here. I was wrapping my head around our new normal. And then I looked at my book when I was like from, it's 15 chapters in the book, but like in chapter four, I was writing the book as if it wasn't a pandemic. It wasn't relatable. We don't know. We, we have a memory of what life used to be like before this. Yeah. But it's an artist's job to reflect the times. This book is gonna go, I pray it goes far, but wherever it goes, I want people to be like, pandemic, what was that? Okay, this book was written in 2020. They Googled a pandemic or whatever, you know what I mean? In 2020 and they say, oh, so that, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be like, you, you, you can't be tone deaf in your messaging as an artist. So anyway, Nina, Nina Simone, from an artist standpoint, um, from a writer standpoint, uh, I like Toni Morrison. Um, I, I mean, of course, I like my, Dr. Maya Angelou. I like so many people. Like I, I have um, a lot of different pillars of inspiration. I like 
Langston Hughes for poetry. I like, that's a loaded question. I have a lot, I, I have musical inspiration. Like, you know, people talk crazy about Yeezy. I like Kanye, I don't care. Every, mom, we know motherfuckers say. like Kanye. We just know he be always, even on bullshit when he be talking because he don't never have any soundproof behind the things that he be saying, but that, that's- Well, you know, he, uh, unfortunately, you know, our brother, we gotta give him grace. No, nah, we, 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 look, we just say his artistry and what he do, he's very creative and he's genius, but we'll leave the other shit alone because we know he don't, he don't study. He don't so do you, we talking about motivation and what motivates me. And I was giving you different pillars because it's, that's a, for me, that's a broad, that's an open-ended question. And so back to Kanye, from an artistry standpoint, Kanye is very confident. He knows, as you said, he's a genius. He knows that. And he's not afraid to say it. And it comes through in his music and everything that he does. Like, and that's just that. Um, from a fashion standpoint, because I'm a fashion girl, who motivates me? I would say um, Patricia Fields from Sex in the City. Okay. People may not know who she is, but uh, if anybody has known about the HBO series, it's no longer on TV, but they came out with movies and stuff. But Sex in the City was a um, series that documented the lives of four women um, in their 30s and their dating and their careers and the, the, pendul the pendulum swings of all of that and the styling, the clothes that, those, that the women had on. And every episode was on point and it spoke to each one of those characters' personalities. And I love that because I'm a visual storyteller. I love telling stories. So you were big on that? The fashion and everything, you were big on that? Yeah. yeah, so I went to school, I went to two colleges, but my college I actually finished and I got a degree in um, was fashion merchandising. I realized that, you know, unless I moved to Paris, France, or if I went to New York, I couldn't really do much with that. And because I didn't, you know, I was a little bit of a bright, I didn't want to move too far away from my parents because they're getting older. Um, I wanted to stay here and in Chicago, yeah, you can become a buyer from a department store like Macy's and all that, but it's very political, just like any corporate job. And it's like not what you know, it's who you know, and it's very click based. And because I wasn't, I wasn't in the click, and I wasn't gonna um, do what I need to do to get in the click. It wasn't that serious for me. But I love, I love fashion. Yeah, I love fashion. It's it's um, second nature to me. Um, I like looking nice because to me it's it's uh just uh, a uh, physical representation of uh, of how you feel. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but I can go all day telling you about motivation, inspiration. I got a bunch. No, motive, because for me it comes from different forms. Like for me it comes from music. It comes from travel because I've been to a few places. Um, it comes from people that I know personally. It's just different. It's just different levels. It comes from people I know through that I work with, and listen to the, listening to their stories and the, thing, the places that they've been. They've been to Africa, which I haven't been. Um, uh, a, a young lady that I consider like a, a, a sister to me. She always says that she said, "You go to all these other places with all these Caucasians. I want you to take your black ass to Africa." And that's always a constant motivation because I haven't been yet. So um, too. shout out to Adrian because I love her and she's very big on me doing that. But um, I have to I have to get that in order. But 
there are different and there are different inspirations and motivations that come to us you know um i just think one of my biggest inspirations was knowing that for me i'm one of the few guys who did more than just sit on the block you know what i mean just mm-hmm. be outside all day every day get arrested and all this other crazy stupid dumb shit that we think is gangster or it, it defines our manhood and it do, really doesn't like it's just like the lowest level of simple shit that we subscribe to be so mm-hmm. um, i'm motivated by music i'm motivated by art i'm motivated by some of these tv shows i watch um just, just a lot of different things i'm motivated by shit sometimes the sun just shining the way that it hits my head and the way i feel when i'm outside so there are a lot of different motivations for me. Um, reading the, reading certain books by Dr. Claude Anderson or Jawanza Kanjufu and uh, Shaka Musu Berashango, like all this different stuff, like reading that type of stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a different type of motivation and inspiration for me, but I think it's there. Like I'm definitely motivated by those things. Um, and, and I appreciate those things being present to me to to inspire me to continue to go forward and to continue to, to do things better than what was put in front of me. Because there aren't a lot of examples that we get unless we're subscribing to one another, right? Me and you are talking to each other and we pull ideas from one another and, and be able to talk and be able to converse and, and make make something out of nothing. So, you know, yeah, it's just, just different motivations that may come with it. And I'm very appreciative of those, but um, we also have to just, just stay motivated in the meantime and in between time as well. So, yeah, we come from greatness, right? So everything yeah. as a people, as a culture, we come from greatness, like historically, everything that we were given, that we were left with, because, all right, everything that we were left with after things that were out Everything that we were left with after everything that we were robbed of, we turned it to gold. Now, it's not the healthiest thing, but, you know, we got the scraps and people got up in the kitchen and they made that thing taste we like... We cooked up. We cooked up. Taste like fire. You know we what made I'm the best. We made the best out of nothing. You know? Exactly. We come from greatness. So when you ask me what motivates me, basically that is um, one of the main things. Yeah. Is that, you know, we are an extraordinary people. And I just really, resilient. Resilient. Yes. yes. Extraordinary. Extra. We are an extraordinary. We are a peculiar people. And there's a reason why, not to get all deep, but systems are in place to hold us down. But we're still here. So that's what motivates me because I'm still here. Yeah. I just think it's just the, the fact that I get to see different levels of us every day when I look out and pay <clears throat> excuse me, pay attention to it. Like when I'm out and when I'm when I'm shopping or when I'm going to see my aunt or when I'm going to see family, and I just see the different groups of people that are just moving around. And it's just like, they have no understanding of where they come from necessarily. Like I've done the research enough, maybe not to, to a super degree, but I've done enough to know like all these guys are out here looking lost, 
because they don't know. Like no one told them where they come from. No one told them their history and the divine inspiration that they carry within themselves, you know? So um, I'm always motiv- I'm always motivated by that. But just knowing that guys like Benjamin Banneker, like his whole life was stripped down to nothing. And he told him he was just this little black boy that they found. But this is the same little black boy that gave you astrology, architecture, astronomy, and everything else, right? So these things, it's just crazy to, to know that these things actually happen and that we can continue to succeed. I'm trying not to go really, really deep into it. Oh, I know where you're going. <laughs> I know where you're going. That's going to have to I'm be I'm trying my that. best not to like really, really like, yeah. I know where you're going. Yeah, but the greatness in us is there, and we just need to take the time to realize it. There are a lot of things that are thrown out of at us, a lot of obstacles that are put in our way that we may fall victim to, and we don't necessarily have to. It's just that we're not using the creativity that we have to make sure that we capitalize on what is actually in us. And for those who don't know. Like we are continuing to continuing to push the culture forward, not just amongst us, but around the world. If you go to Germany or London or Thailand, break dancing and all this shit that we do is there. Like people we are love the culture. It. The world doesn't move without us. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like even through these apps and podcasts, right? Joe Buttons and uh Million dollars worth of game. Like these are the top podcasts in the world. Like everywhere. Like we're doing this. Like because everybody wants to hear us tell our story. Because we are what matters and not too much. Well, else. I, I think I agree, but I think everybody has a story. Um, everybody does. Everybody has a story. That's why um, you're telling yours right now. Yeah, everybody has a story that's that's meant to be told. Um Everybody has a story that's meant to be told, whether you are of the culture or not. Um, I just think that people have a hard time not embracing the fact that uh, the richness of certain people's cultures may intimidate others. And, um, and so because of that, that's where the... Uh, undermining and that's where the the unnecessary foolishness I call it um for the lack of a better word yes no, you're correct comes into play but anyway I won't go off on the tangent on no, that you don't have to because what you're basically saying is that there are those out there who don't know how to use their own gifts to propel them into a better place but we figured out all these different mediums and methods to do it and that's just what it is but anyway keep on going no that's that's it that's it. You you summed it up. We had to figure out different methods. Like I said, or you know, about the, you know, the scraps we were given, we made those scraps taste like we made buttermilk. We made chili. Yeah. Yeah. We made meal. And it's not the healthiest thing, obviously, for us, we know that. But that did, that's what we have to do to survive. And you know, the, the things that, that that our ancestors went through, man like the stuff that they went through and how they handled it. It's like they they had songs for different codes on when to move and when to, 
you know, like they they have we always have swag. We always had it because we are a peculiar people. We are extraordinary. And that's what keeps that's another thing that keeps me motivated because um maybe I shouldn't say this, but I maybe I feel compelled to say it, but I probably shouldn't but I'm gonna say it anyway. Um there was a time when I was uh I'm not jealous often, but because of situations like in the book that I experienced. And I saw um, other people not have to go through those mountains and molehills um, to, to uh, excel and to live their best life fiscally. Um, I kind of got, I was jealous. I'm gonna be honest, I was jealous. I'm not jealous often, I promise you I'm not. But a certain privilege made me jealous and made me feel less than for a while until God showed me my identity and was like, hold on, hold on. You know, like, I know this is going on over here and life is not fair, but you partnered with me and, and, and you know, we'll make the foolish things of the world, com you know, confound the wise. So I just, I, I don't know. I, I'm just happy, it's a, it's a one, even though this world is, uh, you know, spiraling, you know, kind of like off uh, the rails a little bit right now, especially with the election and everything, which I we don't need to go into. No, but, we don't um, need to go into that. But I was wondering about when we agreed to this day, I was like, yo, do you realize the time that this is going on? Like when you want to schedule this because, you know, it would it would be an election, an, an election week, and we don't know what's going to actually happen during that time. Yeah, and what did I say? You said no. Let's do it. I don't really. I ain't really worried about that. Like we're gonna make it happen. And I'm and I'm still not. You know, all the anxiety from social media, um, the notifications that I get. We still don't have a president. We still don't have this. It's like, look, y'all, God is in control regardless who is seated at the White House, okay? So, um, but no, I agree to this date because I wasn't worried about no election. And also because um, at the time I was just so focused on completing this project because I had procrastinated on it for so long. And I'm the type of person where I, once I'm in something, I'm all in, you know, once I start something. And, I, and so um, I had to really finish because I was at a point when you and I, talked about doing this podcast where I was kind of like at the um, pivotal point in the book and I was really trying to flesh it out so that I could because I knew that um, this had to be released before the year was up so okay 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 did you make it a short book on purpose or I did because people's attention spans as we know is that of a goldfish yes right? But this book is very easy read though. You will read through, it's only 123 pages, but you will read through it probably, you know, well, everybody, some people have kids, they have other things going on, but depending on how often you pick it up, you'll be done with it in about a month. It's, it's, it's a very easy read and it's a lot of nuggets of wisdom in there. And it's really funny too. It's, you will find yourself laughing because you will be able to relate and I guarantee you, if you can't relate to it, somebody you know will be able to relate to it that look like you for sure. Because there were there were times that I was writing, and you know, even though it's fiction, you know, it is 
you know, fiction is 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 always wrapped in in, in truth. And so I was putting stuff in the book and I was like, uh, backspace, backspace. Maybe I shouldn't put that. That's too much. And God was like, no, no, no. I literally heard him say, no, no, no. Keep going. Don't backspace that. Write it. Somebody else needs to hear this so that, you know, there is comfort in community and, 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 and knowing that, dang, I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one that's experienced this or is experiencing this. And it's not just about experiences. It's about how to get out of those experiences. So. In, your own, in your own words, describe success to you. Freedom, joy, happiness, and peace. That is success to me. That makes you sense. You elaborate? Oh, okay. <laughs> you were looking like... No, no. <laughs> Again, it's, it's your, in your own words. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't speak for you. Yeah. Um, What's your definition of success? Oh. My definition of success is... Or in your own words. Yeah. Health. Peace. Health. Wait, wait, wait. We're talking about freedom, right? Well, I said freedom, but we talking about success. You asked me in my own words what is success. I forgot health. Yes, that's success. But you said health. It, my yeah. definition of success is, is health, um, family, love, success. And that may be, that may be it. Okay. If, I, if I put peace in there, then, then I'm good. Yeah, you put peace in there. Peace, love, family, success, and health. I think after that, I can, I can, I can obtain anything after that. Yeah. I don't need much else after that. Um, and none of those things. After after I have all after I have those four things, which I think I do, it's just a matter of fleshing out the rest of the, the program or the plan to achieve yeah. certain things. And the most thing that you're trying to achieve at that point would be success. Because once you have the peace, the peace will always be with you. Um, mm -hmm. Success is the thing that we we define success uh, on any level. If you if it like you said earlier, uh, maybe hours ago, if it's a million dollars or if it's half a million dollars, that's your success. Um, if it's ten million dollars, that's success based on the platform that you need to succeed at. So for me, it, yes, peace, health, family, success. I want to wake up one day and that's going to happen. But um, another pillar of success would be me uh, living life and on my own terms. Yeah. Not worrying about, oh my God, let me check my account and make yeah. sure I got enough for this bill to go through. Or let me ride Peter to pay Paul. Or let me, you know, it's like I want to be able to be like, oh, I got paid today. Oh, this came through. Oh, I got this to do. Oh, okay. Like, I want to be able to be unoffendable, unshakable, all of that. And I'm almost there. I'm not there yet, but I'm almost there. Yeah, I, I, and, I, and I, I agree with that. For me, it would be like, not just that part, but just uh, using sale to just send people money just because, you know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah take this $1,000, take this or whatever it is, and and don't talk to me for the rest of the week. 
you know? So stuff like that would just would be like the ultimate. Again, that would be the success of everything that we're trying to accomplish. One of the things that I definitely want to do, and I feel like uh, you and I may have an opportunity um, to work on this together maybe in the future. One of the things that I've always wanted to do is to have a youth center because- That's big, that's big. And when I say youth, I mean, I wanna get women and boys, but I definitely wouldn't be, you know, I would have a man teaching the man to be man because I can't teach no man how to be no man. But I want high school age kids. I want to get them right when they come out of middle school, right before they get to college. Because those are the years right there where, listen, you think you know a whole lot of nothing and child, you don't know nothing. Yeah, you don't know shit. At that point, you don't really, really know what's going on. Um, the truth of the matter is you think you know and really you find by the seat of your pants because the life that you're about to end up in isn't what you expected it to be. Um, you have no awareness of college or the world or a trade or anything or a job or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. When I was coaching at CBS for the Dance and Dows um, um, at the time, uh, I wouldn't just teach dance to the girls. I would actually, you know, just kind of like how you said when you developed a relationship with the youth that you had, they like wanted you to adopt them the same. They would call me mama and, you know, for a while it would scare me because I'm like, wait, I'm not your mama. And then, you know, people's parents would be offended. You know, it's like, I'm not trying to take place. The women were not offended. They would just come and see me and talk to me. Mm. But... I would tell the girls, okay, so you're a junior. <laughs> so you're a junior in high school. So what's the plan? And they'd be like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, what you mean you don't know? Like the real world is gonna bite you in the tail if you don't have no plan. You have to plan or you're going to fail. And so they don't even think about that. They just trying to get hustle to get bus fair to get home, you know what I'm saying? And so I want to use it and I'm going to have it um, where I will teach young girls and a man will teach young men how to be men, kind of like, you know, back in the day, like um, not back in the day, but like in the African culture uh, when you graduate to manhood, there are certain things you have to go through. I mean, I, it won't be like that type of thing, but it will definitely be a recreational, uh, motivational, uh, intentional facility. The facility sounds bad. Intentional organization or group or club where kids can be themselves and they can. Get the scarred they faces, son. <laughs> And they can know, learn how to love themselves and, and a place where they can just be. That's what I want. I hear you. I hear you. That can be worked on. That can be worked on. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that at all. So it's a lot of stuff I want to do. Oh, I yeah, I mean, you got a lot on your plate right now as it is. So right now you need to work on a book, get the book out, promote the book. Is it going to yeah. be available on Amazon and... Yeah, it's going to be available 
available on CrochelleMonet.com. Our website is going to be available on Amazon. It's going to be available on Kindle, ebook, and I'm actually uh, in February of 2021. I'm going to make it an audiobook as well. There you go. Boom. Yeah. Boom. You got a lot happening. Yeah, it's a lot happening. So, are you? It will there in turn be a book that talks about your personal life because you got a lot to talk about. You know that, right? You think so? No, I do not know it. I do not think so at all. You know so, or you think so? I don't know nothing. Well, I know so. Well, what part of my life do I need to talk about? Do you think in a book? What would you want to read about my life? So, so in order for that to be triumph, there has to be a, a pain, a trial and tribulation. So people have to have an understanding that to get where you are, there had to be some things that you you went through to get there. Absolutely. Like you can't, for us, there is no riches in gold without us going on a treasure hunt to get to that point and not necessarily to call it a treasure hunt but to go through trials and tribulations to find the actual treasure whether it be us or whether it be an actual treasure chest full of gold so yeah. you have that in your own story hence the color of your hair but um <laughs> oh you really bought it i like it i think it's pretty oh you like it oh i don't think you like it I like it. I like it. So the thing about it is that we, what we've already said or have not said is that it brings out the actual color in, in your actual skin tone and everything. So uh, I like that. I think that's pretty cool. Thank you, bro. Because mm. when, when we first signed on, you kind of look, I, I didn't say nothing, but I'm very observant. I noticed you kind of like froze. And I was like, I, I, no, it wasn't just you. I looked at the surroundings. I was like, okay, she has them like a turquoise or pastel colors, and then a, the, the like the bronze or gold background, and then there's a half a painting that I can't see. So oh, what are we doing uh -huh. here? No, don't don't change nothing. Don't do that. Don't do that. Like you see it now? It, yeah, but now I can't see the pastel color sweater. So see what I'm saying? So you know you yeah. just gotta leave it the way it is and stop messing around with shit. So I was looking around. I was like, oh, okay, she got she got shit happening right now. Yeah, like I get it. It's kind of like how my sister kind of uh, try to show up with cherry blonde hair. She's like, you don't like it, do you? I was like, no, I'm paying attention. Like, I'm. You trying I'm down, to pull it Yeah, I'm downloading. Like, I'm. Um, processing. You like a computer. Yeah, I'm processing everything. Like, I, I'm not just going to go, oh, you look so good. Like, I don't do that shit. Like, I, I'm looking at everything around. You never seen me with blonde hair before? Huh? You never seen me with blonde hair before? You with blonde hair? Mm -hmm. No, I don't know. I don't think I have. This would be like the first time. We haven't seen each other in a while then. Well, that's true, because it's been some years. But yeah, I've had blonde hair for about four or five years now. Oh, like I, I look. Yeah. I, so much. I get it. It's funny. I'm one of those friends where I got, fr you know, I'm not saying like I got friends. I'm not saying like that. I'm saying the last I time I saw you was at a birthday party that you had, and they threw champagne, or they were trying to throw champagne at us because 
they were upset that we were all looking so good and they weren't. Did we have on all white? Yeah. That was not a birthday party. But yeah, I remember exactly what that, that was. wasn't a birthday party? It was not. When we get offline, I'll remind you what that was. That was a celebration of, well, it was a birthday party. It was a birthday party. But it wasn't my birthday party, like the day I was born. It wasn't celebrating my, the day I was born. I just remember being fly that day I had on serious. That all right. Yeah. I remember you was fly. That was, you know. Yeah, that wasn't a birthday party celebrating my birthday. It was a birthday party celebrating the new me and my new journey. That's what that was. Yeah. Okay. It was lit that day. I remember that. That's, man. Like, can you imagine? Like, I feel bad for these kids now trying to club. We used to kick it. It's different. It's totally different. It's a totally different vibe. Yeah. And they got to wear masks and stuff. It's like, anyway, but it's all good. God is good. We still here. We got stories to tell. You still here. Definitely got a story to tell. I can't wait to, you know, um, read your book. <laughs> you talk about me writing a book about my life. That shit might be it. Just, just do a movie. Well, that's cool, too. Um, but you definitely need to tell your story. You are a man of lots of wisdom and it's a lot in you that you don't realize yet. Uh, you know, I realize, I just don't talk. Hear me out, you know who you are, but you don't see what I see. And 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 that's all I'll say about that. Okay. Okay, I'm not gonna argue with you about it. It's a difference between what you see and what I know. So I, I you know, I'm not gonna sit here and- I'm excited. I think I, I was told to write the book. That's what I was told, write the book and then do the movie, but certain things I would have to change around so people's names don't get mentioned and I don't get sued. Yeah. Yep. There's certain things I just don't want. I don't want to come out or I don't want anyone to understand what's really happening, so. Well, it has to come out in some way, so. It, it it when I'm 80, well, well, we'll do it when I'm seven. If I make it to be 60 or 70 years old, we'll do it then. Yeah, it may not have to be literally, you know, line by line, word for word, situation by situation, outline in the fine print. It can't be. It can't be. Well, I'm excited to see whatever it is. If it's a, a nice story. Yeah. I've always admired you because, like I said, you're a man of wisdom. That's one of the reasons why we have vibed even from, you know, like being kids, you know, into adulthood. Like you and I have always been cool. You know what I'm yes, saying? Absolutely. I will see you. And I ain't seen you in forever. And it's like, hey, bro, you know what I mean? Even even when it's like a text message, it's always genuine. And we always just pick up, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate you because it's hard to um, have people like that um, kind of stick around in your life. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Uh, that have that type of character. Um, just be genuine, like, because I never, it's never been a situation where I was trying to dig for something. It's just always been, hey, are you okay? I know you better than you think I do. Like, are you okay? Yeah. Just back and forth. Just tell me that you're okay, and I can just move on. You know? 
Yeah, there's been times you reached out to me and you'd be like, are you okay? And I'm like, this dude coming down my road. What, what? How he know I'm going through something? You know what I mean? And I'm just like, because I just, you know. Yeah, I know. Write the book. Do the movie. It's it's it's, it's just all love. Like it's just certain people that you just have a genuine a genuine respect and love for, and you just wish certain people the best. So when you don't hear from them or you don't see see them then you just have to put it out there and you just have to find out. So whether I'll pop up on the doorstep or it's just a text message or a phone call, you know, it's the same thing. I just want to make sure that you're good. Yeah. Well, I'm honestly, I'm trying to get better, but I get lost in my own bubble a lot because I am part introvert. And so the extrovert, you know, part of me when I'm out and about or whatever, and I love on people, you know, it's like, okay. And then when they don't see that for a while, it's like, well, what's wrong with her? And it's like, sometimes I just need to chill. Like, I, I'm not one of those people, if I'm working on something, that I'm going to spend time talking about what I'm about to do. I'd rather do it and then talk about it later. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So if I'm, my point is, if I'm MIA, if I'm kind of like not, you know, all over the place, social media, whatever, you don't see me a lot. I'm probably working on something or probably not, whatever. But the, the thing is, I, um, you know, I, I tend to kind of retreat often and I don't think about, let me reach out to this person unless they cross my mind and I'll reach out to them. But I, you know, need to do a better job of reaching out to people because everybody don't operate like me. You yeah, know, no. For me, it's just when I have time. If someone stings my, if someone stings my brain or tingles my brain, I just automatically reach out because I just want to be, I want to be sure that I, I took the time, um, yeah, to make sure that they were okay. That's that's it. Well, I'm proud of you. Um, um, I'm honored that you would even ask me to be a part of your your production. Like, um, I, I love the name. Like I said, I I I, I listened to. I was doing something one day and I was listening to one of your podcast episodes and I was like, oh, this is dope. You know, it's not, you know, uh, scripted, just very uncut, but it's a lot of rich wisdom and jewels wrapped up in natural conversation. And that yeah, that's is, how I want it to be. Yeah, and, and, I, and I got that vibe. So your, your branding is on point because when somebody can identify with what you're trying to portray, then that means you're doing something right. So I'm proud of you. Thank you. you. Anything, let me know. I got you. Whatever I can do to help, you know, let's collab on something one day and, you know, just keep growing and glowing. You feel me? Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I appreciate you uh, agreeing to it and showing up. I appreciate you being able to share your story and talk about certain things that are very personal to you. So I salute you for that. I'm very grateful for you doing it and I love you for it. Not just for doing it, but just for the person that you actually are. So, Aww. and you know that. And you, you know. Yeah, I already know that. You know, I love you back. So we, you, you, my, you my bro, bro. You not my bro, like, hey bro, you know, like that. Yeah. You my bro. <laughs> appreciate it um and i'm gonna end it right there boom <laughs>